Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank podcast. We love God, love people, and love our city. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org. Hello there. Thank you for joining us again here, Church Online. Uh, we know that uh, some people are able to come and meet in the auditorium physically, but for those of you who are still uh, fellowshipping with us from home, thank you for joining us. And also, uh, if it's your first time joining us here at Church Online, uh, feel free to mention it on the chat box or you can uh, write to us on the number that is presented on the screen so we can get in touch with you and pray with you and stand with you with whatever you are believing God for or trusting for. Today we start a new sermon series called Fire and Ashes. Not fire and ice, fire and ashes. So, a theme scripture throughout the series, it's based on um, Isaiah 43 verse 2, which goes like this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. The flames shall not consume you. This text is so amazing because it gives us a promise from God that uh, we will go through the fire, we will go through the storms, but He will be with us. This uh, reminds me of the story in the book of Daniel about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, you can call them with their Hebrew names, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. When they were in the fire, the Bible says there was the fourth man in the fire, and that fourth man was Jesus Christ. As he promised that I will be with you to the very ends of the age, God is with us. So today we'll be talking about the consuming fire or all-consuming fire. This God that we speak about, he's an all-consuming fire. How many of you feel like uh, you've gone through the fire this year? That 2020 has been a year of fire and ashes. I mean, the year started with fires in Australia, and uh, we've recently had fires in the free state. We've had this uh, COVID pandemic throughout the whole world. We've had economic challenges. Uh, people have lost their jobs. It feels like we have been through the fire. And I want us to open up our Bibles from Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read from verse 18 and all the way to 29. And I want to encourage you to take your Bibles and read with me this word because I believe there's something specific that God wants to say to us through this word. I'm reading Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 to 29 in the English Standard Version. Verse 18. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words were made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. Even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying to Moses that he said, I tremble with fear. Verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, 
and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. Verse 26. At the time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yes, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is the things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. So saints, this uh, text that we've just read has got a few nuggets that speaks to us today. It starts by saying, For you have not come to what may not be touched. So when they speak about not coming to what may be touched, it speaks about the fact that when Moses went up to Mount Sinai in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, he was the only one that was allowed to go up the mountain to meet with God. But the Israelites had to stay at a distance far away from the mountain. They could not come close to the mountain. They could not touch the mountain. They even had to cordon off the mountain because the Bible says even an animal that will step in to try and go up the mountain, it will die. Or any individual that will try to go over the mountain, they will die. So we get an understanding that... Um, at that time in the Old Covenant, only some people were allowed to go into the presence of God, were allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. But then as we continue to read, it says that you in the New Covenant, we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem to the innumerable angels in festal gathering. It means in the New Covenant, we are able to not only go through the holy place, but to the holy of holies, we know that the tent curtain was open wide when Jesus died on the cross and when he resurrected on the third day. We are now able to go into the holy of holies. The Bible says that we have come to the assembly of the firstborn, that is Jesus Christ. The assembly, the gathering of the believers coming together to enjoy and celebrate the presence of God with innumerable angels. It also says to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better than the blood of Abel. So friends, it is very, very important for us to know the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. And the new covenant, we speak about God's consuming fire with a different purpose. In the old covenant, if you go into uh, God's consuming fire, you'll be consumed. You will burn unless you came by invitation. In the new covenant, God's consuming fire, it's for a different purpose. And this is the purpose. God's consuming fire, it is there to remove the shakable, to retain the unshakable, and to restore true worship. 
God's consuming fire, it is there to remove the shakable, to remove that which is not of God, to retain the unshakable, and finally to revive and restore true worship. And that's what I want us to talk about today as we unpack this text. Reading from verse 24, removing the unshakable, the Bible says, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. One more indicates the removal of things that are shaken, things that have been made. One could say things that are man-made, they will be removed. The backdrop of the scripture, as I've already said, is uh, when Moses summited Mount Sinai, that's when the call of God came over his life. And I want us to read in Exodus chapter 3, when Moses first had this encounter with God. Just to give you a bit of background, uh, the Jewish people were in Egypt in captivity because of the famine that happened in their land. And the Bible says after some time, uh, the, the Egyptians were challenged by the growth of the Israelites and they felt like they were going to take over. And uh, Pharaoh put out a decree to kill all the male children of the Hebrews. But Moses survived. You do well to go and study that uh, whole scripture in the book of Exodus of how Moses uh, survived because God had a plan with his life. And we read that while Moses grew up under uh, Potiphar or uh, Pharaoh's daughter, he was able to see how his people, the Hebrew people, were treated in Egypt and he wanted to do something about it. And sadly, Moses uh, murdered someone when he saw uh, an Egyptian fighting together with an Israelite. He killed an Egyptian. Moses was a murderer. But even in that, there was a call of God in his life. He went through the fire in order to be able to see the call of God in his life. So looking at the life of Moses and how God called him, it, it says something to us about our past. We can never let our past define us. We need to know who God has called us to be and go through the fire, go through his consuming fire, and become all that he has called us to be. So let's read Exodus 3 verse 1 to 5. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Now he's in Midian after he ran away from Egypt, after killing an Egyptian. And he led the flock back to the desert and came to Horeb. Horeb is another name for Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire, but the bush was burning with fire, but not consumed. It was burning with fire, but not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside to see the great sight. I will now turn aside to see what is happening here. Why the bush does not burn. So when God saw that he turned aside, God saw that he got his attention. God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. So interesting, the Bible says uh, in this encounter that Moses has with God, he sees a tree burning but not consumed. Remember, our God is an all-consuming fire. A number of us, we saw the fire this year. We experienced the fire, yet we are not consumed. We are still standing. 
I don't know what you may have gone through this year. I don't know what you may have experienced. The things that God had allowed to happen in order to get our attention. The same way he got Moses' attention. May we not let a good crisis go to waste. The fire that we experienced this year. May we change. May we repent and become all that God has called us to be. Interesting, it continues to say, the Lord says to Moses, remove your sandals, take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. For us to step into the presence of God, for us to step into the future that God has for us, we need to be able to take off the things that hinder us from stepping into the presence of God. You know, sandals in those days, they, 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 they represented uh, food covering. They represented uh, a shame or poverty. If you didn't have your sandals, it meant that there was something wrong with you. And uh, I want to put a challenge to us today and say, what is it that you're covering up that you need to take off your sandals and be laid bare before the Lord so He can do a deep work through this fire? that we are going through. As I keep saying, let us not let a good crisis go to waste. What are the gains of this lockdown season? I believe that God is also revealing the idols that are in our lives that we use to cover up our brokenness. I don't know what the idols may be in your life. I don't know whether it's your career or whether it's your marriage, your family. I don't know whether it's your studies. I don't know what the idol may be, but it's time to remove the idols. One of the things I've been thinking a lot about is uh, even the things that we consume, how much we consume that is not of God. I came across this course called Digital Cocaine, which is quite interesting, showing how people are addicted to technology. May the Lord help us to not let this good crisis go to waste, and may His fire remove everything that is not of Him in our lives. And this calls for repentance. May we repent if there's things that God is revealing in our lives that are not in step or in alignment with God. When you read our Psalm 15, verse 1 to 2, and verse 5, it says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent, who may dwell in your presence, who may come into your presence, who may live a holy mountain, who may live on your holy mountain, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks to the truth in their hearts, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will not be shaken. Whoever does these things will not be shaken. The shaking has happened. The shaking continues to happen. But the Bible says, whoever does these things, whoever live a holy life before the Lord will not be shaken. So we're talking about three things. The consuming fire of God is to remove those things that are man-made, that are shaken, is to retain the unshakable. And finally, to revive worship. Let's speak about retaining the unshakable. Verse 27 of the text that we read, it says, yet once more, it indicates the removal of things that are shaken, the things that are man-made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. What are the things that are not shaken? I want to submit three things that the Bible says are not shaken. The first thing is the Word of God. The Word of God shall not be shaken. The Word of God shall not depart. The Word of God is here to stay. When you read Isaiah 40 verse 8, the Bible says, The grass withers, the flowers fades, 
but the word of our God will stand forever. The word of our God will stand forever. It's here to remain. When you read Matthew 24, verse 35, the Bible says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. My words will remain forever. The word of God is here to stay. Here's my favorite. Psalm chapter 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times, like silver purified seven times are the words of God. As I was preparing this sermon, I was reflecting on this uh, portion of scripture that speaks about how the word of God is refined seven times. And I remembered in my studies, uh, while I was studying engineering, one of the things that we came across is um, Silver is heated at 962 degrees Celsius in order to melt so that we can be able to remove the impurities and the draws. But interesting there is that the silversmith knows that they need to remove the impurities and the draws until they can see their likeness on the silver, then it's ready to go. So what is God doing when we read the word? When we read the word of God, we are being purified. We're being refined. The impurities, they come up and God removes the impurities through his fire. He removes the dross so that he can see himself in us. Remember, we are the image bearers. God wants to see his image in us so we can be able to show who God is to the world. Are you willing to go through the heat so that God can see himself in you? Moses was willing to go through the heat. God will take us through this process of refinement over and over again until he can see his image on us. I remember a, a scripture that we like to mention from time to time. If you build your house on the rock, it will stand. The rock is Jesus Christ. The rock is Jesus, who is the word of God. But if you build your house on sand, it will collapse. It will be shaken. It will go down. So how are you building your life as a child of God? In the season of fire. If you build your house on the rock, on Jesus, the pressures of this world, all the challenges of this world will not choke the word of God in your life. The second thing that we know in scripture, it says it will not be shaken. It is the kingdom. The Bible says, therefore you've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God shall not be shaken. Despite what we've gone through this year, we know that the kingdom of God is here to stay. And speaking of the kingdom of God, the third thing that will not be shaken is the church of God. When we read Matthew 16, 18, the Bible says, and I say to you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On this rock, Jesus Christ, the revelation of who Jesus is, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is here to stand. And if you ask me, Pastor Simon, what do you mean the church is here to stand? Look in the Old Testament, the temple of God that was built by Moses coming out of uh, Mount Sinai and the Ten Commandments that were given, we see the temple of God in the Old Testament. We see the temple of God in the New Testament. The Bible says we, the church, we, the people, are the temple of God. So the church is not about the building. The church is about the people. And you fast forward the Bible in Revelation 21. It speaks about the temple in heaven. And the Bible says the temple in heaven, it's God and Jesus. 
So you see that uh, the church of Jesus Christ will never, never be shaken, will never pass away. Even as some people thought that because of uh, COVID-19, we may never come back to church fellowshipping together. The church of God is not confound to a building. The church of God is people. Our God is a consuming fire. What does he do? He removes the shakeable, the man-made. He retains the word, the kingdom, and the church. And finally, he revives true worship. From the text we've read, when you read verse 28 to 29, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The fact that the Bible says that God is a consuming fire and He's given us a kingdom that cannot be shaken. What is our response to that? Our response is true worship. When we've been through the fire, our response is true worship. So on this last point that I want to share with you, I want to take you back to when Moses was called by God at Mount Sinai and the journey that he went through to the place where we are today. So when you read in Exodus chapter 3, when Moses had that encounter with God, the Bible continues to say that God answered and said, I will be with you as you go to take the Israelites out of Egypt. And this will be a sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. You will come and worship me at this very mountain. So go set the Israelites free. But once you've set them free, you come back and you will worship me in this mountain. You'll notice, in fact, this phrase is repeated so many times in the book of Exodus. When Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and they said, let God's people go. Let my people go so that they can worship God. It is all about worship. God's consuming fire it's about bringing us to that place where we can worship Him without impurities, without the draws, without all the things that are hindering us to enter into the Holy of Holies. We continue, we get to uh, uh, Exodus chapter 13. Once the Israelites have moved out of Egypt and they are now going to the promised land, the Bible says the Lord led them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. A pillar of cloud signifies God's guidance and God's protection. A pillar of fire signifies the light of God and the purification that comes through the fire of God. So saints, at that time when the Israelites were on this journey, you can see the role of the fire of God consuming what is not of God in their lives. Going through the desert. In Exodus 19, we read when God uh, has now taken them through the Red Sea and they get to the mountain where God says, you'll come back and worship me at this mountain. We see something profound happens. God calls Moses up the mountain. And when he gets to the mountain, he says, set the limit. The people will not cross this limit. Only you are allowed to come to worship God. It is interesting that when we read also that text, it says that, the 70 elders of the Israelites were allowed to come into the presence of God and dine with the Lord and fellowship with God. It's amazing that right there in the presence of God is a place of festivity. It's a place of celebration. It's a place of dining with God. That's where God is calling us. 
When Moses came back from the mountain, he came with the Ten Commandments. And the first commandment that we read in Scripture, it's this, You shall have no other God besides me. Moses came down with this very, very important words that at the heart of all that we do is worship. Are you going to worship God? Or are you going to worship idols? The consuming fire of God is there to remove the idols that are in our lives. And the last part of this uh, journey that Moses is going through is in Exodus 24, around two of uh, God's covenant confirmed to the Israelites. God calls Moses again to go to Mount Sinai. Listen to the words that uh, the Bible uses here. When Moses went up to the mountain, the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord settled on the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days, the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, God called Moses from within the cloud to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire. The glory of God looked like the consuming fire at the top of the mountain. So then Moses entered the cloud and went up to the mountain and he stayed there 40 days and 40 nights. To the children of Israel, they saw God's consuming fire and they trembled with fear. Old Testament, Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, we see the consuming fire of God and we say, Come, Lord, remove the dross, remove the impurities, remove that which is not of you in my life so I can be able to worship you. Moses stayed 40 days and 40 nights in the fire. How long are you willing to stay in the fire until the dross is removed, until the impurities are removed so you can worship God in the Holy of Holies? And also, why worship from afar when the tent curtain is open? We can come in and worship God. True worship is going to the mountain of the Lord and entering into the cloud like Moses did. It is time to leave Mount Sinai and move to Mount Zion. Zion means the highest place, the top of the mountain, the peak of the mountain. God is calling us to come to the peak and worship Him in truth and in spirit. What is shakable? has been removed. What is unshakable is being retained and true worship is being restored. I'm reminded of John chapter 4, verse 22 to 23. We know the story. Pastor Lereko just shared and preached on it recently. How Jesus had a conversation with a Samaritan woman. And at this place, the Samaritan woman is trying to go back to Mount Sinai and saying, this is where we're supposed to worship. And Jesus has got a different version. But the hour is coming and it is now here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus could have just said they must just worship in spirit, but there's something about true worship. True worship is not just singing songs. True worship is not just uh, coming up to church on Sunday or joining church online. True worship is I worship God with everything that I do. True worship is uh, the words that I speak. True worship is how I treat my wife and my children. True worship is how I treat the sisters on the streets. True worship is how... I work with my colleagues. True worship is how I speak about my boss or my colleagues. True worship is glorifying God with all that we are. 
A time is coming and the time is now when all those who've gone through the fire, they understand true worship. And I believe God is calling us to this place of true worship. Let me give you this uh, phrases in conclusion. Worship proves our priorities. If you worship God, it can be seen. If you worship man-made things, it's very clear what you value. Worship unifies us with God and with others. As we worship, whether you're at home, whether you're with friends watching this, I want to encourage you to connect with God and to connect with others. It was Dr. Caroline Leaf who did a study and they found that when people are worshiping, their hearts beat at one. It is amazing that our hearts synchronize when we worship together. There's something peculiar about the gathering of the saints and we worship together. Even if your, your, your heartbeat might have been low, when we start to worship God together, your heartbeat will get to that place where we synchronize not only with each other, but with Abba Father. My challenge to you is which brand are you promoting? Are you promoting God's brand or your own brand? As we pray, take a challenge to let God remove the shakable things in your life, the man-made things in your life, to retain the unshakable and finally to revive true worship in your life. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this hour. We thank you for this year. As much as it has been challenging, as much as it has been tough, we know that, God, you have been doing a deep work in our hearts. And you're preparing us, Lord, for a revival that is coming where true worshipers will worship you in spirit and in truth, Father God. Lord, I pray that we will not settle for less and live mediocre lives as children of God. But God, may we worship you Monday to Sunday, not only on Sunday. May we worship you with our words. May we worship you with our deeds. May we worship you with our work. May we worship you with everything that we do, with everything that we have. Lord, take us into that place of true worship, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Simon, for that inspiring and encouraging word about removing the shakable, retaining the unshakable, and reviving true worship. I don't know about you, but when I went into lockdown, I did not know what I was in for. I expected it to be three weeks long, and three weeks turned to three months, turned to six months, and here we are. During that time, it was very easy to become discouraged and to feel like the fire that we were facing was all-consuming. But I want to encourage you and to challenge you that through it all, God remained, and you still stand here today having come out the other side. God is the unshakable. He is the one that is ever faithful and remains. So as we go into the week to come, remain in His presence. Remain in the uncomfortable space of Him refining you, changing you, and molding you into the person that He has for you to be. I hope you enjoyed this service as much as I did, and we look forward to seeing you next week for another week of Church Online. Stay safe, stay strong, and see you next week.